I want you to imagine a young husband. He's been married for, say, three or four years. When he first got married, his wife expressed to him that uh, although in general she was not opposed to the idea of children, that right now she was uh, not that interested and she was more focused on her career and work and the husband was fine with that. I mean, he loved children and was sad that they had not had any in their family yet, but he respected his wife's right to be able to uh, focus on her career and he wanted to serve her in that way. But about, say, six months ago, suddenly her heart had begun to change and she had begun to uh, desire to have children and the husband was secretly glad and they had begun to talk about this more and more. Well, imagine this young husband coming home from work one day and he's had a terrible day at work. And in reality, uh, his day at work has actually continued uh, on a process of what's been a bad month and really a bad six months. And it's been a very discouraging time and he comes home and he's feeling pretty low. Well, when he arrives at home, he finds that his wife has prepared his favorite dinner. And this cheers him up a little bit, but as he starts to talk about his day, he descends back again into that state of discouragement. Well, as he talks and pours out all the things that are going wrong, his wife patiently listens. When he gets to the end of what he has to say, she has a big smile on her face, and she says, I'm sorry that you had such a terrible day, but I've got great news. I'm pregnant. Can you imagine the power of that announcement to change everything about that day and really about his life? It's good news for him. He's been longing to hear that. And that announcement is so powerful. Well, this morning we want to talk about the idea of the power of announcements. The power that an announcement can change everything. That even if your day or your month or your year or your life has been headed in the wrong direction, the announcement of good news can radically change everything. And this morning what I want to talk about is the greatest announcement that has ever or can ever be made. If you have your Bible, turn, if you will, to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, it's page 828 in the Bibles that the church provides. Ephesians chapter 3, we'd love if you'd follow along with us. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. There's one in the rack in front of you or underneath your seat. And if you turn to page 828, you'll be right where we are this morning. In the first half of the book of Ephesians, we've taken the opportunity not so much to look at each verse by verse, but to examine topic by topic the things that Paul is speaking about. And we've used Ephesians as a launching point to go through some of the major Christian beliefs that we hold. We've talked about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Satan, sin, salvation, the church, and the scriptures or the Bible itself. This week we want to continue our teaching with one more foundational and important point that we as Christians believe. And we're going to use verses six and seven of chapter three as the place in which we will begin. Paul says, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, 
members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. The word we really want to think about and focus on today is that word gospel. Now the word itself simply means good news. That's how we translate that Greek word. Sometimes you could translate it with the word gospel. It literally means good news. And the verb form of that word means to announce good news. This is why we're talking about announcements and the power of announcements. And I said that the gospel is the greatest announcement that's ever been made or can be made because, as Paul says in verse 6, it's the means by which the blessing of the promise of God comes into our lives. You see, if you think back to that young married couple, the announcement, I'm pregnant, well, that's the doorway into the blessing of a baby into a family. That's how that blessing is materialized or comes to being. It's through that announcement that I'm pregnant. What Paul is saying is, is there is an announcement which is the doorway through which the blessings of God come into our life. And that announcement is entitled the gospel or the good news. The question is, what is the announcement? It's called the gospel, but that's not the announcement. That's what it's called. What is the gospel? You see, the reason why the phrase I'm pregnant means something to us is we get what it refers to. We get why it's good news because we understand what it's referring to. In order to experience the power of the pronouncement that's entitled the gospel, we have to understand what's the announcement that it's referring to. Now at first blush, this may seem rather easy. If you've been around the church or been around Christianity, you've heard the word gospel many times, and we may think, well, we know, it's the gospel. It's, it's the gospel. But if you think about it, it actually can be a little bit tricky to say, well, what exactly is the gospel? What exactly is that message through which the blessing of God comes in our life? For example, let me ask you a few questions. Don't answer out loud. Just think about this for a moment. If I say God loves you, is that the gospel? If I invite someone to pray to receive Christ, is that the gospel? Is the gospel about confessing our sins to God? What about feeding the poor? Is that the gospel? What about a bumper sticker that says, Jesus saves? Is that the gospel? What if I tell my neighbor that I'm going to pray for them, that they might uh, recover from the illness that they have? Have I shared the gospel with them? What about if I say to someone, my life was once a mess, but then I believed in Jesus and now I have experienced peace with God? Is that the gospel? 
You see, if we're going to experience the power that the announcement brings in our lives, we have to understand exactly what's being announced. And so what I want to do this morning is try to explain what is the gospel. What is the content of the announcement that brings the blessing of God into our lives? In order to do that, what I'd like to do is look at a few passages of Scripture where the word gospel is used and the message is explained. We want to begin in the book of Acts, chapter 10. And I'd love if you'd turn over there with me. It's page 779, Acts chapter 10. What we have going on in Acts chapter 10 is we have an actual gospel pronouncement, an actual announcing of the gospel, an actual sharing of this message. The apostle Peter in Acts chapter 10 has been called by God to go to a group of men at a man named Cornelius' house. And they're ready to hear what it is that Peter has to say. And Peter's going to explain to them or share with them the good news. And so this is a great opportunity to see well, what is the good news that he shares with them. So look with me in Acts chapter 10, starting in verse number 36. Verse 36. Peter says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news, now that's the word gospel, same word, it's just translated here as good news, the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. Peter says, I'm about to tell you the gospel, I'm about to share with you the good news, which is a message or pronouncement from God. And starting in verse 37, he's going to actually give the good news. As we go through this, to help it make it easier for us to understand what he's doing, I want to point out four things that are key components of the announcement that he makes. The first one begins in verse 37. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And here's the first aspect of the message that Peter is sharing. It's something to do with Jesus' life, the miracles that he did, the work that he did, how God was clearly evident in what Jesus was doing and what he was saying. And the first part of the message that Peter shares is about Jesus' life. Keep reading the end of verse 39. Peter says, they killed him by hanging him on a tree. And this is the second aspect of Peter's message. He not only talks about Jesus' life, he talks about Jesus' death, that he was crucified. That's what hanging on a tree is referring to. Verse 40, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, 
but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And here's the third aspect of Peter's message. He not only talks about Jesus' life and his death, he also mentions that Jesus is not still dead. He's been raised from the dead and brought back to life. And then number four, verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. This is what is known in other passages of the Bible as the exaltation, that Jesus was not only raised from the dead, he was appointed to be Lord over all things with the right to judge all humanity, living and dead. Now Peter goes on in verse 43 and mentions one more thing. He says, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. But this is not so much the message as it is about how to respond to the message and what happens when we respond to the message. And in fact, in verse 44, this is exactly what happens. It says, when Peter was still speaking these words, that's how we know this is the good news through which the blessings of God comes because he says just these words and no more, and suddenly the Holy Spirit has come with power on the people who are listening. Something has happened. And so we recognize that the announcement that is made has these four aspects to it. It's the life, death, resurrection, and exaltation of Jesus. That's the gospel message that Peter says, this is what I was told to announce to you. Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus is resurrected, and Jesus is exalted. Now if we had time, we'd look through the other gospel presentations in the book of Acts, like in Acts chapter 2 or three, or four, or seven, or 13, or Acts 26. And we would see these same four elements present in those gospel presentations. But instead of looking at another passage in Acts, let me take you to a different book of the Bible, and this time I've got the passage on the screen. The book of Romans. Now Romans is a letter in which Paul wants to explain the gospel. Acts is a narrative in which we see people sharing the gospel. Romans is a letter designed to explain the gospel. And what Paul does is what many people do at the beginning of their letters, is that he sort of gives an introduction of what he's going to be covering. And in Romans chapter one, verses two to four, Paul says, what I'm writing to you about is the gospel God promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, Jesus. So the gospel is about Jesus. And then Paul says, well, what's the content of the gospel? That Jesus, who as to his human nature, was a descendant of David. That's something to do with Jesus' life. And who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead 
that something about his death and his resurrection. And then Paul closes with Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's his exaltation. Now this is in condensed form because Paul's going to spend the rest of the book of Romans explaining these phrases. But here we have in condensed form these same four elements. The gospel is Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and exaltation. Now to conclude our brief survey of the scriptures to try to understand what is the gospel, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the four books of the Bible that have the title gospel because that has some connection to what we're talking about. And if you take the gospel of Mark, for example, it begins, Mark chapter 1, verse 1, with this phrase. Can I have Mark 1, please? Oh, I missed a fact. That's what I wanted to do. Thank you. Okay, go back. We'll go back. If I didn't have these guys, I would be lost. What I wanted to tell you was not only does Paul in Romans chapter 1 give us an overview of the gospel, there are other places in his letters in which he gives us a nice condensed summary, and you'll hear these same elements present. In Romans 10.9, Paul says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 1 Corinthians 15 that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day. And perhaps the most brief of all, 2 Timothy 2.8, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel. Again, in condensed form, little phrases, but you hear these same ideas, life, death, Resurrection, exaltation. Now, I'd like to take you to the beginning of Mark's gospel. And Mark opens his gospel with this phrase. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So whereas Peter is sharing the gospel in verbal form, and Paul is explaining the gospel, Mark thinks he's writing the gospel. He's actually writing down the good news. And if we had time, we would look through Mark's gospel. And what does he talk about? Well, he talks about Jesus' life, the miracles that he does, the teachings that he gives, his interactions with others. He talks about Jesus' death and explains to us his crucifixion and why that is important. Mark mentions to us and describes for us Jesus' resurrection, that he was raised from the dead. And then Mark also mentions, especially on the Mount of Transfiguration, that Jesus is exalted as Lord. Same four elements present. So while there's lots of different ways to talk about the gospel and lots of different ways to say it, at its essence, the message that we know of as the gospel is the story about Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and exaltation. That's the gospel. Paul says it's that announcement that Jesus lived, died, is resurrected, and exalted. That announcement is the good news. That announcement is what causes the blessing of God to come into our lives. 
Now, with that as the announcement, let me give you just a few thoughts about sharing that announcement with others. Because Paul says, not only are we recipients of the good news, we also share it with others and announce to others that Jesus lived, died, is resurrected, and exalted. A few thoughts about doing that. First, when we share the gospel, we also often share the meaning of the gospel. What I mean is this. Think back to our young couple. The wife says, I'm pregnant. That's the announcement. But you can imagine that probably not very far into the conversation, she may also say something like, we're going to have a baby. That's the meaning that goes with the announcement, I'm pregnant. It's the results of what she's announcing. The same is true for the gospel. We don't just simply tell people Jesus lived, died, was resurrected, and is exalted. We sometimes explain to them what those things mean. And to give you in simplified form what they mean, Jesus' life means that although as humans we were separated from God and we didn't know God, that in Jesus God is now with us and that we are connected to God through Jesus. So Jesus' life means God is with us. Jesus' death means that despite the fact that we're sinners and that we have alienated ourselves from God through our actions, that God has chosen to take our sins and place them on Christ and that his death is the payment for our sins. And so Jesus' life means that God is with us. Jesus' death means that we are forgiven for our sins. Jesus' resurrection means that new life is now available to us. That because Christ has been raised from the dead, we too can experience new life. And Jesus' exaltation means that because he is now Lord over all things, he is creating a new world in which we can dwell forever with him as our Lord. We don't just tell people Jesus lived, died, was resurrected, and is exalted. We say to them, Jesus lived, and so God is with us. Jesus died, and therefore our sins are forgiven. Jesus is alive, and therefore we can have new life. And Jesus is Lord, therefore he is creating a new world in which we can dwell for eternity with him. That's the message and the meaning. And when we share the gospel, it's important to explain both of those. Secondly, it's important to understand the appropriate response to the gospel. The appropriate response to the announcement. Think back again to our young married couple. When the wife announces, I'm pregnant, the husband really only has two choices. He can either believe her or not believe her. There's nothing else to do at this point. She's announced, I'm pregnant. He now has a choice. Do I believe my wife that she's telling the truth? Or do I think she's lying to me? 
That's the only possible response to an announcement. It's true, by the way, of any announcement. If your boss tells you, I'm promoting you, you have two choices. You can either believe that he's actually promoting you, or you cannot believe that he's promoting you. If your doctor says to you, I have bad news, you have cancer, you have two choices. You can either believe that that announcement is true, or not believe. This is the only response to an announcement. So it is with the gospel. The announcement is, Jesus lived, died, is resurrected, and exalted. The only possible responses to that are, I believe it, or no, I don't. I don't think that's true. There's nothing to do. It's an announcement. But Peter says the difference between believing and not believing makes all the difference in the world. A husband who doesn't believe when his wife tells him that she's pregnant is going to miss out on a whole world of blessing. So it is with a human who hears the announcement that Jesus lived, died, is resurrected, and exalted, and chooses not to believe it, that we miss out on the blessings of God. But when we choose to believe that that is true, then God gives to us peace with God, forgiveness of sins, a relationship with God, eternal life. There's a million different ways to say it. Third, as we think about sharing the good news, that to share the gospel means you actually have to make the announcement. Again, back to our story of this young couple, there's lots of things that this young wife did to prepare her husband to hear the good news. She made him his favorite dinner. She listened as he talked about his day. She even said to him, hey honey, I've got some good news. All of that stuff, very important, but it's not the announcement. It's the preparation so that he will hear the announcement. The announcement is, I'm pregnant. Everything else just gets you ready to hear that announcement. So it is with the gospel. There are lots of great and important things that we do as Christians. We feed the poor. We communicate that God loves us. We help people to understand the reality of sin in this world. There's lots of things, and that's important. But that's not the announcement. The announcement is not that God rescued me. That's my testimony. That prepares someone to actually hear the announcement, which is, well, what happened? Jesus lived, died, was resurrected, and exalted. That's the announcement. Everything else gets us ready to hear it. And the Bible is quite clear that the power of God comes into our lives when people hear the announcement and believe. And the rest of it's very important. But you cannot have that without the actual announcement. See, the gospel is the greatest news that's ever been given. Because the Bible tells us that it is through this announcement that Jesus lived, died, is resurrected and exalted, that the power and blessing of God comes into our lives.